Hi, this is Pim Van Hemmen with Soundings Magazine, and welcome to Talking Boats with Soundings. I always used to love reading the uh, stories in the backs of boating magazines about accidents at sea and why they happened. And I enjoyed reading those because I always learned something from them. I, I, I think you can learn a lot from other people's mistakes. Well, about a year ago, I wrote a column for Soundings called Speak Up, which is about, you know, saying, learning how to say no, in particular, uh, learn, learning how to say no without ever saying the word no. So let me just tell you what happened. Years ago, I was invited to help deliver a schooner to Key West, Florida, only to be faced with an uncomfortable situation before we ever even left the dock. It was late fall when my brother and I arrived in Beaufort, North Carolina to replace two crew members who'd helped sail a schooner south from New York. The owner was eager to get to Key West to charter out his boat, and the plan was for us to depart early the next morning, but that afternoon, the crew gathered in the salon for a phone call with a private weather service provider. In addition to the owner, his wife, my brother, and me, the crew consisted of two licensed captains, one of whom served as skipper and the other as first mate and engineer. I was the least experienced sailor on the boat. The forecaster reported that a front was moving toward Cape Hatteras, and even though conditions might become a bit unpleasant, he saw a window of opportunity for us to make it to Charleston, South Carolina, before the storm would force us to hole up in that city for at least one day. After the phone call, the owner put the decision to sail to a vote. If one of us said no, we would stay in Beaufort until the storm had passed Cape Hatteras. So in quick succession... The owner, his wife, the first mate, and my brother all voted to sail the next day. Then it was my turn. Now, I'm not a fair-weather sailor. Over time, I've acquired a taste for big wind, and I tend to head out for a sail when most people have already headed back to the dock. But while listening to this forecaster, I developed reservations about a morning departure. My brother and I had not had any time to become familiar with the boat, I had no idea where anything was stowed, and during the weather briefing, I'd learned that on the way down from New York, the port engine had started acting up. Otherwise, the boat appeared to be in great shape, although during a quick spin around the deck, I had noticed that the new life raft hadn't been secured yet. So as the vote was tallied, I was hoping somebody would say no, so I wouldn't have to be the one to say no. I'd never met any of these people, and they were my brother's clients, so I didn't want to embarrass him. So when it was my turn, I told him I always like to read the what went wrong stories in the back of boating magazines, the ones about people who went to sea even though there had been reasons to stay in port. I listed what I saw as reasons to stay in Beaufort for two days. A significant weather front moving toward us with promises of unpleasant and potentially dangerous conditions, the opportunity to have an engine part shipped so we could leave with two reliable engines, the opportunity to secure it a life raft, time for my brother and me to get to know the boat, and the opportunity to sail straight to Key West with more favorable winds after the storm had passed. I never had to say no, and the captain never got to vote. To his credit, the owner didn't hesitate to say we would stay in Beaufort. 
We rigged a tarp over the boat so we could work out of the rain. We fixed the engines. We had a couple of nice meals on shore. And two days later, we sailed for Key West. Eventually, we got perfect weather. And on the last day, they almost literally had to pry the helm out of my hands on what would be the longest, most glorious beam reach of my life. For a little while after the trip, I wondered if the owner resented me for delaying the delivery of his boat, but he didn't. We became friends and now more than a decade later, we still remain in touch. The captain became a close friend too. A year after that trip, I asked him how he would have voted if I had agreed to say to sail for Charleston the next day. He looked at me and he said, had you left the next morning, I would have stood on the dock, handed you the lines and waved goodbye to you. Since then, someone told me that the most dangerous thing on a boat is a calendar. It's become one of my favorite expressions. <laughs> 